Hey family, welcome back. Before we get started, I want to thank our friends at the Center for Self-Improvement, Holistic Wellness and Transformation. Let's hear what they have to offer. The Center for Self-Improvement, Holistic Wellness and Transformation is your one-stop shop to Wellville. Here at the Center, we believe in treating the whole person. This is why our goal is to help each of our clients to obtain optimal health and wellness through mental, physical, spiritual, and emotional alignment. For more information about the services that we provide, visit us at thecenterforselfimprovement.com or give us a call at 630-748-4849. The Center, where we believe in treating the whole you. So here's my confession. I love the concept of Netflix and chill because I'm an introvert. And solitude is my hobby. So there was something that resonated with me when I found The Queen Guide, a coaching service founded by mental health counselor Kiana Waniri. Kiana and I discussed the challenges African-American women face and how The Queen Guide aims to provide support through various services. Let's take a listen. Hello, Queen, how are you? Hey girl, hey, I'm good, how are you? I am good, it is, okay, by the time people hear this, it's gonna be like probably Monday morning, but we are recording on a Friday night. Yes. I'm relaxing. I'm having a good time. This is that so-called um, self-care that people talk about. I actually enjoy yes. this type of thing. So I was so excited to chat with you. Likewise. It's been a long day. So this is definitely something to really help me like wind down and get centered. <laughs> all right. All right. Well, cool. Well, this is, this is what I want to know. Tell me all about the Queen Guide. I'm so excited to hear about it. So the Queen Guide... It has been a long journey. Um, I just recently made it a business in 2018, like the end of 2018. Um, But it was actually something that I was working on as early as like 2014, um, when I started graduate school for um, counseling. So I knew that I really wanted to like help women just like learn who they are, um, be empowered, and just really live in their purpose. Um, I was lucky that I went to a really, really great high school. So a lot of my friends, even that I had in high school, we were able to have like great conversations, um, like really talk about real stuff and have really deep connections. Um, And then going to college, I realized how much harder that was to like attain and maintain. And so I kind of like stayed connected with my friends um, that were in different cities, in different states doing slightly different things, still in college, but like having different lives than me. Um, And I realized like how powerful that was. One, because I was working overtime to figure out how to maintain those connections, even though they weren't in my immediate vicinity. Um, But then realizing how important and empowering it was to have those connections, even with uh, women that I didn't know, but maybe my friends knew, um, and just having them around in the conversation Um, it just, it really opened my eyes to, okay, something that I had taken for granted is something that it can mean way more than what I needed to be. And so I literally started off just as a think tank and it was actually called, I think I called it Circle of Queens. Um, and we would literally just like get on, um, I can't remember what, I cannot remember for the life of me what the, um conferencing software I used, but it was like a free little like conferencing software that I found online. And we would like call in once a month um, and just talk about, literally talk about ideas. 
Um, and it was all black women. Um, I think it was about five or six of us. Um, and we would just talk. And so that kind of died out. Um, but I kind of had the idea of like, I still want to keep this going. I want to figure out a way to like make it useful, use my skills, um, and make it something of substance essentially. Um, and over time it just kind of evolved into the queen guide. Um, mainly because in 2014, I had just started my graduate program. Um, I graduated at the very end of 2016. And by that time, I had obviously had a degree, a master's degree in uh, clinical mental health counseling, some experience under my belt and like having real experience kind of helped it shape, helped me shape the concept more of like, okay, I know what I originally thought, but now having real experience with real women, um, it helped me kind of refine that a little bit. And so the queen guy is really just a way for me to inspire women. But in particular, how I do that is by encouraging women of color in particular um, to utilize mental health services, because there are just so many reasons why um, we don't always feel comfortable in a counseling setting. And a lot of those reasons that we don't feel comfortable in a counseling setting are also the same reasons that we need to be in a counseling setting. And so um, I really wanted to not only find a way to make something that was so important and so fulfilling to me accessible to other women, um, but I also wanted to share my skills and my gifts and all the knowledge and information that I had acquired along the way. Because um, I actually have a bachelor's in psychology from Tennessee State University, and then I have a master's in clinical health clinical mental health counseling from Lipscomb University, both in Nashville. Um, and when I really think about it, like I have been doing this work like for a long, long time. And so realizing how, how valuable that is and um, just wanting to give back is the long answer. <laughs> yeah, no problem. So now, now that you, so you have your master's in clinical mental health counseling, correct? Yes. So, so far, have you been working directly or only with women um, in your practice or are you working a nine to five or do you just have your own, is, is the queen guy your nine to five right now? Is that your main no, focus? So look, look, let's speak into, into existence. Um, okay. So my end goal obviously is private, or my angle, not obviously, but my end goal is private practice. Mm -hmm. um, always has been even when I first started um, school. But for my profession, there is a two-year um, licensure process that um, we have to undergo. And so for me, I have a nine-to-five because that process is actually kind of expensive. It and is. part of it is also attaining actual face-to-face -face client hours. And so I've worked in nonprofits since 2012, um, different jobs, but in the nonprofit uh, sector nonetheless. But um, that has given me a lot, a lot, a lot of face-to-face -face contact um, with women, not only women, but majority women at some points in my career. Um, my first job was pretty diverse. It was probably equal balance of men and women. Um, my internship experience when I was in graduate school was mostly women because I worked with um, victims of domestic violence. Um, and so it was majority women. I had some male clients, but majority women. Um, I took a break, or not took a break, but my, I moved away from Nashville, moved to Memphis, worked in community mental health. Um, those services are for everyone, so it kind of went back to like maybe equal, you know, parts of men and women. 
Um, <laughs> I left Memphis, moved to St. Louis, um, ended up working with victims of domestic violence again. Um, it is majority women. However, our agency is um, really diverse, not only in having male clients, but um, also people that don't identify as male or female. So people more of the, on the binary or people that just identify differently than what we traditionally consider to be male, female. Um, so the short of that is I've worked with a diverse population, um, but at some periods it has been majority women. And my practice, or um, what will eventually be like my practice, the queen guide, my goal is to target women because we are a minority group and we have a very special set of needs that isn't always addressed in mainstream, um, not even mainstream psychology. So my goal is to really, really, really be able to serve women um, and address the needs that we have. Um, that maybe aren't being addressed in other arenas. So let's get into that. What What are some of the areas of wellness that Black women in particular, now I'm I'm concerned about Black women because this is confessional okay. Melinda Queen. I understand you work with women in general. But yes. when we think about African-American women, what are some of the areas that of wellness that you think that we, we do need to, that we need a little bit more help with or mm-hmm. focus on? Um, so one thing that I have noticed, and I was actually thinking about this, when I was like, oh my God, what am I going to say? <laughs> um, as I talk about the queen God and what I'm doing. But one of the things that I've realized is a, a really big, um, a really big quality that I think a lot of people know or attribute to black women is that, oh my God, they're so strong. They're so resilient. Like, you know, things happen. We just keep it pushing. We, you know, we just find a way out of no way. Like we make it happen. Like if, if you look at a dictionary next to resilience, you could probably almost expect there to be like a black woman's face next to it. Um, and then hearing the more recent, um, I guess, messaging of like, oh, it's okay to not be a strong black woman or people kind of not like associating themselves with that title anymore. And I realized it's because, again, some of the reasons that keep us out of counseling are some of the reasons that we need to be in counseling. So resilience is amazing when, you know, it's functional, it helps you, keeps you motivated, it's helping you to, like, get done what you need to get done, it's helping you kind of not be depressed or not, just get overwhelmed by, like, the things that life can just throw at you. Um, It's great when it's healthy and when it's manageable and when it's those things that I just mentioned. It's not healthy when resilience is denying or minimizing or, you know, acting like things don't happen, or just pure apathy, because just as much as a person can be resilient, quote unquote, in that, oh my God, things keep happening to her, and like, she just keeps bouncing back, some of that is also detachment and apathy, which is not good, (laughs) and so I really just believe that we need a, we need a safe space, one, to even be able to talk about those things um because just as much as black women are well known for being resilient and being strong sometimes because of that it's hard to find other black women or people in general to just really understand the things that we're struggling with um being a counselor i'm realizing like oh it's okay for me to like 
be sad about this thing or it's okay for me to you know have a pity party for a little while <laughs> about this thing that happened to me that I wasn't you know particularly excited about or that just like really took the wind out of me it's okay to have feelings and it's okay to like need a break and take time out and not be okay issues in particular that manifest differently in women it just depends on the, the individual person situation the individual like person's mental capacity psychological capacity um but the underlying basis i have found to be just women black women not realizing like yeah being strong is great um and that is unfortunately sometimes the standard that we're held to no matter the situation and we're also human and we also need the same um support and the same really permission to just be human um so again a very long answer (laughs) to your question (laughs) no no it it it, it, it only haven't noticed no well that that's that's what we're here to do so that's all good though i mean no this is perfect what i what i'm curious also along the lines of how you empower people and encourage women and things like that. One of the things that I noticed about your social media presence is that you, you almost had like a campaign called Netflix and Chill. I'm just so curious. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> yes. What was that about? Okay. So the, okay. So I loved making, I, and I still do. I kind of took a break because mental health, I was just kind of overwhelmed with life. So I wasn't, I haven't been making content as consistently as I was. Um, but for me, I wanted to make it fun and also like relatable because one thing that I have found um, mental health isn't sexy. Like mental health isn't a sexy topic. People, you know, they'll have a conversation with you about it in private, but they don't really want to have a real conversation about it, you know, in public or in a way that is um, what I feel to be like, like really substantial and um, yeah, substantial. And so I was like, okay, if I'm going to like, share all this psychoeducation, um, like really educate people on mental health. I know that it's not sexy, so I need to at least make it fun or at least con- like be creative in how I present it so it doesn't feel like, it, so it doesn't feel like, oh, we're talking about mental health and like this is stressful and this is making me realize all my problems. And so obviously Netflix and you very, you know, uh, mainstream, very fun way. <laughs> of describing you know like a a chill session not necessarily the one that I had in mind when I was creating uh, my content um but for me it was just a play on that like this is already like a phrase that is like widely accepted that's very lighthearted, very playful very fun um and me I am an introvert and I also so and I also like to spend a lot of time like by myself. I actually enjoy my own company. And so for me, Friday nights often look like maybe like going out to eat or going to like grab something to eat, coming home and literally just chilling. Like sometimes it's watching TV. Most of the time it's not. Sometimes it's listening to music. Sometimes it's listening to a podcast, listening to an audio book. Like I'm a very like almost like lone wolf like I I know how to entertain myself and with mental health particularly the the Friday thing that I was trying to incorporate of like really taking time at the end of the week to like wind down and process what happened the week before because I think so often we get into a habit of like oh my god the week was so stressful let me like go out and party or let me like you know go do something to 
get rid of my stress or make me feel better. And that's fine. But a lot of times there's not a lot of room or space in there for reflection. And I truly believe, um, which is actually one of the key pieces of the counseling and the healing process that comes along with counseling. One of those key pieces is like processing and reflecting. Um, counseling tends to be very past oriented, but the power in that is you can't, you can't decide where you want to go from here or how to do anything different if you haven't reflect, reflected on the past and really made a decision of, okay, what, what has happened? Where am I right here right now? And then where do I want to go? So um, a way to make that concept very concise um, and conceptual, but also fun and palatable. Um, I just decided to call it Netflix and chill. But if you look at the actual content, it's usually um, very particular action items of things to do that usually involve reflection. Right. Um, hopefully I didn't like, hopefully people won't realize that now and not, <laughs> not be as receptive now that they know my secrets. Um, but yeah, a lot of the Netflix and chill content is very like reflective. Um, well I I think you bring up a good point because I mean just even I I was having I was actually at a workshop earlier this week um, with a practitioner who I really enjoy being around she's a great educator in fact she's been on my show twice and she had a a workshop on self-love and self-care and how they are all one the same I mean you really can't you you can't you can't say that you love yourself if you're not taking care of yourself so she had a great session on that and she asked the audience what is something that I think, I think the way she posed the question was, what's an example of physical health? And, you know, of course, people say exercise, mm-hmm. things like that. And I told her, I said, you know, I have a response to it, but I'm not sure if this is considered physical. I said, but solitude. And she was like, yes. yes. I said, I, I mean, physically, mentally, spiritually, all of that, I like to sometimes be alone. I'm a wife and a mother. But there mm-hmm. are times when, so that's why I wanted to ask about the Netflix and chill, because that for some people is sitting down alone or with a loved one or with a spouse or whoever, but it's still a moment just to sometimes just chill out, just relax, be easy. Self-care has been, has been very popularized by saying, let's go out and get our nails done. Let's mm-hmm. go hang out. Let's go. I mean, self-care is all this like extra um, girly type of stuff. And sometimes it's really just sitting down and being alone and listen yes. to a podcast, all the things that you're saying yes. and looking at, you know, your account and some of the things that you have under there, you're right. You have those action items, download this, look at this, you know, like mm-hmm. you're, you're, you're giving people directives, you know, that are associated with, um, with wellness. So that, that's one of the reasons why I wanted to bring that up though, because I do like that. I like that approach that you took with that. Yeah. And I think it's very helpful. And so I'm so, I'm so glad that you did. Yeah. Cause for me, it was like, like well, obviously, I just I just explained the process. But for me, I was like, how do I make this content palatable? Because it's like people have to understand it. And as a therapist, I realized that um, more recently, actually, I realized it. It just kind of hit me. Like solitude is fun, you know, to some people. For some people, like what it sounds like, you and I, it's necessary. But for other people, solitude is terrifying. Like being alone is terrifying. Um, I remember working in community mental health and I had clients almost like, well, not almost always, but very often I had clients, um, especially if they had like psychotic disorders or like hallucination um, type symptoms. I will all like when I asked them, when are your symptoms the worst? Like when, you know, do you notice them being more intense than normal? They would almost always say 
either at nighttime or when I'm alone. Hmm. And I went to um, a Christian graduate school. So we took a few classes on like the intersection of spirituality and psychology. Um, Not many people know before psychology was its own field of study. It was studied under the umbrella of philosophy. Um, And being under the the umbrella of philosophy, it was actually the study of the, the soul. So what we know psychology to be like, oh, it's the study of the mind. Yes. And before that, it was actually like studied as like, what is this you know, soul concept, like, what is this? Because there's not a whole lot of separation. This is going deep, so I won't go too deep. But there's not a whole lot of separation between our mind and our soul. Um, Because then that we know that there's a a separation between the mind and the brain. And so I think that very original um, thought of like, regarding psychology as like the study of the soul um, really has some real implications to it. And it wasn't until I took that class at my university that I learned that. And then obviously being a Christian university, us um, openly acknowledging like religion as a very important part of like psychology and healing. So it's just important. It was, it was inspired or encouraging to me to see that kind of play out in real life. Um, and people say like, yeah, like it's, the worst when it's dark and when I'm alone and then me going back to in some ways my like I, I I'm not religious I don't consider myself to be a religious person but um understanding the role that religion plays and how important it is in a lot of people's lives like metaphorically what like what is darkness metaphorically what is being alone and as a counselor and you know really getting into people's like mind and their way of thinking the way of and their way of perceiving the world i feel like it was important to honor those responses um and really think longer and hard about what that actually means so then i have a question about your actual services that you provide i know that at some oh, yeah. point during the fallish going and leading into 2019 you had some type of special on clarity sessions and I know yeah. with, between the clarity sessions and also something else that I thought that was interesting is that you, you also provide support for, um, for nutrition. So let's talk about that and what your individual services look like. Yes. Okay. So <laughs> it's so funny. So I completely forgot um, that I had that one on there because a year, not many people like, they're like, what nutrition? What, what are you talking about? Mm-hmm. Um, and then not understanding the connection between mental health and nutrition. Mm-hmm. Um, so I remember being in Memphis um, and my supervisor just kind of really reiterating to us, like, like, you know, make sure, you know, people are eating, make sure people are sleeping, make sure people are um, taking care of their health, like the very, very basics, because it's easy to say, oh, this client is not coping with life well because they're traumatized or, you know, they live in a horrible environment or their life is just falling the hell in the handbasket. Um, but in all actuality, sometimes it's that and they're not eating properly. It's that and they're not getting enough sleep. Um, and just from my own love for food, um, I realized how much food really like impacts the way that you feel. Mm -hmm. So if you think about a car, like your car is not going to move if it doesn't have gas in it. it. It won't, it just will not like, and you can't, there's no substitute. Like you can only use gas for humans our fuel or our energy comes from food um now the the hard part about that is because you know we're a more progressive 
I guess, species and have figured out how to, you know, manipulate food and like change it, make it into things it isn't in its natural form, we have foods that are nutritious and foods that are not nutritious. So foods that have actual nutritional value and foods that do not. Um, unfortunately, most people tend to fall into the habit of um, eating foods that don't have as much nutrition. Um, and what that does is you, you're not, you're literally not feeding your cells or like you're not feeding your body. Um, and that has a direct impact, not even just on your physical health, which I think people obviously know, but it has a, a direct impact on your mental health. Um, and so me knowing that, but then me also just loving food and, um, really being intentional about like meal prepping and trying to eat as healthy as I can within reason. Um, cause I'm human too. And I love food. Um, so trying to eat as healthy as I can within reason, but also honoring the fact that, um, I was, uh, I, well, I still have a nine to five job. I've pretty much always had a nine to five job. And so what does working a nine to five job, like doing hard work, hard mental work, being exhausted when I come home. Um, and like, I'm not thinking about a healthy meal. And we know from research that, um, stress makes you crave like carbs and sugar, the exact opposite of healthy food. And so how do I know what I know and also make it practical and, and realistic to be able to eat healthy? And so I uh, learned how to meal prep, learned how to meal plan, learned how to grocery shop effectively. Um, and by effectively, I mean literally go to the store with a list, only buy what's on that list. <laughs> um, and then actually be able to save money in that way also because I'm not just spending fervently um, on things that look good. Like I actually go in the grocery store to plan. And so realizing that that is a skill set, that's a real um, that's a real set of information, a real set of, of skills that I had cultivated over quite a few years actually and that that is something that I wanted to share also with people. Um, so like my other services, um, me sharing my skills, me sharing my talents, me sharing my insights, or even just sharing, like holding space for people, um, sharing my time, sharing, you know, my attention, um, sharing what I've learned about healthy eating in a practical way was also important. So, yeah. Okay. So some of the, the services that you offer, would you say that right now that is more largely remote um, and virtual compared to like in person right now at this moment? Yes. I'm so glad that you mentioned that. So um, by day I am a clinical mental health counselor. So um, my work looks very different than what the queen guy was intended to be. Not very different, slightly different, very di or slightly different than what the queen guy was intended to be. So um, the queen guide is more coaching than counseling. So it won't be process work or what we call process work. So, um, you know, talking about your past, unpacking, you know, traumas. It won't be that. It will be where are you now and where do you want to go? So very goal focused, very future oriented. Um, really, like, really just that simple. 
So in other words, what you're saying is that you, you provide counseling in your professional job, but the Queen Guide LLC is kind of more focused on coaching and like, like yeah. the more encouraging, motivational type stuff. And because you have the, the credentials and the working knowledge of counseling, you mm-hmm. provide those, you have those tools, but yeah. it's not as, as focused as, as, you know, what we may think a counseling session would be. Correct. No? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, and then just with, it really comes down to a very practical, practical limitations also for counseling. You have to have a license to practice. Um, and even still, there's a lot of red tape in how it has to be done. Um, not only legally, but also ethically for me, I've realized that sometimes people literally just need somebody to talk to and maybe not have a conversation, but like, Hey girl, um, I'm really struggling with this. Um, I'm trying to figure out how to get from, you know, point A to point B. I literally had a client. I was like so grateful for this experience. I literally had a client um, about a month or two ago. I can't remember. It was probably closer to two months ago, about two months ago, who um, she, she needed more support in like, this is my goal. I know what I need to do, but I keep like second guessing or doubting myself. And so it was literally me just asking her, you know 21 questions and not in the like let me just ask you all these questions for fun but in a really genuine like help me understand where the barriers are um oh you mean like you're just you know a little afraid to do it not that you know you don't know that you need to do it or just like really clarifying or help her helping her clarify what it is that she wanted to do um and how to get there and in that moment i realized because sometimes i go back and forth like okay is it really different than than counseling and it it really is and that was a perfect example of how and why um because i'm a person i'm i learn very quickly i can connect dots very quickly um if i have a problem like my brain goes into overdrive into trying to figure it out like i'm very solution focused counseling is more process focused so that is extremely important and it requires a, a higher level of knowledge and skill set, which I've, I've attained from, you know, my degree um, and training in counseling. However, sometimes people just need to know how to get from point A to point B. Sometimes they don't even care, like, why, you know, they're at point A. Um, they just need to know, how do I get from point A to point B? And understanding that and respecting that, I kind of um, decided, okay, yeah, I, like I enjoy counseling, but I also want to offer support and services for people who just need like short-term solutions or uh, so- short-term support and need help more so finding solutions and support along the way. Um, because, and if you look at my sessions, they kind of, ref- hopefully they do a good job of reflecting that. In my mind, I tried to separate the ones that were like, I just need clarity on what's happening, on what's going on, where I am, where to go from here. Um, Other ones are more so, hey, I have this issue. Can you help me, you know, decide what's the best way to move forward? Um, I think, if I'm not mistaken, that's the session or that's the service where I help people um, clarify like, okay, do you need actual counseling or do you, like, are you a good candidate for coaching? Um, Because that's not something that a person not trained in counseling can always accurately um, decide for themselves because it, it, it's just a, there's a few things that, a few nuances to the decision-making process of, okay, 
you know, are there more psychological undertones to this issue that require, you know, longer processing time? Or is this just, you know, human stuff like, oh, I'm scared or, oh, I don't know what to do next. Or I just really need the education. But once I get the education, I can move on. Um, so I hope that my services do a really good job of differentiating um, between those two things because in my mind, I understand the difference and I try to treat them as different things um, and help help my clients understand also so that when they're looking at services or looking for services, they know um, which one is going to be a fit for what they need. And the, another really important thing is that um, for the clean guide, all of my services are virtual. So traditionally that looks like telephone conversations. It could look like video conferencing if a client wants that. Um, and I have met up in person with people that are local, but in general, it will probably be mostly telephone calls. Um, just because with coaching, I feel like that's pretty standard. Um, so yeah, I wanted to offer that option also, as opposed to traditional counseling where it's almost always face-to-face, -face, um, which has its benefits, but also has some setbacks also. So okay, hopefully I clarified that. Yeah, absolutely. You did. So I'm curious, what, who or what are some of your major influences? Like, is there a particular podcast that you love to listen to or books that you like to read or people that you see on television? What, what woman or maybe guy, um, mm -hmm. if not, not one, more than one, whoever, do you have anyone who you look to for guidance and support? Mm -hmm. So, okay. So this is a hard question because I, I've always been like a person that loves books, loves learning. So over time, and like I said, the queen guy has like, this concept grew into the queen guy, but it had been a process that I was working on literally for years. Um, there honestly, there's so many, so much that I can't even really just think of like one thing or one person in particular. Um, I say that and I also say um, the most recent and the most prominent um, influences, and this is so cheesy, but it's so real, um, my sorority. <laughs> I am a member of Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated. Um, I was initiated in 2011, um, and right about a year or two after, a year, a year after that, I graduated from undergrad. And I went straight into a graduate chapter, which was like, I had a lot of growing to do because when I was um, age wise, I was like the youngest out of most of the women in my chapter. Um, but it also gave me the opportunity to really like connect with older women in a way that um, I hadn't really been able to in the past just because I wasn't surrounded by them as much. Um, so really get to know them on a personal level, really get um, their support and guidance. And I tell people this all the time, like the I really owe a lot of the women that I am today to a lot of my sorority sisters um, because there have been quite a few of them that have really just taken me under their wing, like treating me as their little sister, treating me as like their daughter, treating me as like their favorite niece um, and just really have mentored me and like, mother me in a very indirect way um and that also really helped me refine the concept of the queen god because i think we all know how powerful or we think we know how powerful mentor can be but then actually like 
having a mentor, uh, whether it be formal or informal, because in a lot of ways, these women were very informal um, mentors. Like we were legit like, hey, let's hang out after chapter meeting or like, hey, you know, um, let's go have lunch. So it was very genuine, authentic connection. But because of the age difference, because of the experience difference um, or life experience difference, it became in a lot of ways, very informal mentoring. And me realizing how crucial that was to my development as a woman. And again, wanting to share these skills and this information that I feel like I have been so like blessed with having um, and realizing how many people don't or don't have access to that. Um, and in some ways feeling responsible, like feeling the responsibility of, okay, I know how much of a difference this has made for me. And now I want to share this. Um, and of course, obviously the Michelle Obama's and the, um, um, I'm trying to think of somebody else off the top of my head. Miley Teals and the, um, ah, there's, there's so many. I can't, I can't just name a few. No, it's um, all good. Shout yeah. out to the AKA's 111 years of thank service. You, you. <laughs> I'm an, I'm um, an SG role. So Greek sister, Greek sister, you know, I yes, will say look, that. It's, it's all, it's all the same. Greek unities, love it. The reality is, is though you make a good point though. Um, black women and, um, our organizations and the historical references, there's a lot of history. There's a lot of uh, the standards of excellence as embedded in, in what we do and who we are. Yeah. And so that, that is totally understandable. Um, I can say that some of my greatest mentors and influences have been AKs as well. Of course, you know, my own story okay. has been a great influence, but you know, mm-hmm. the, uh, the, uh, the woman who made me the, um, how can I say it? She did not give me my first job in higher education, but she gave me my first leadership position in higher education. It wasn't AKA, you know? And so, you know, and those are the things that, you know, we, we have in common is that we understand, you mm-hmm. know, the history and the, 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 the blood, sweat and tears that, you know, our founders and those who came before us, the things that they had to do. And so you, mm-hmm. I totally get what you're saying. So that's awesome. You know, well, everybody wants to jump and say Oprah though, but I love that you gave the shout out to Alpha Kappa Alpha because it's really- oh, yeah. <laughs> that wasn't even intentional but that was so genuine like when I really think about it I'm like no these are the women that have literally poured into me in ways that I could never repay them for like ever um so yeah that's all good though so I wanted to you know and and I and you know you and I talked before I started recording I definitely wanted to um go over a few things with you though, but I don't want to keep you all day because I know it is Friday evening and we still got Netflix and chill and self care. So we, we definitely, we, we definitely need to let you continue on with your weekend though. I really appreciate you, but I, I want to let everybody know how they can follow you. Oh, and how they can sign up for your, your, your sessions or for your, oh, yeah, your like schedule a session with me. Um, because for this year, I'm really, I did a lot of, um, networking last year and this year I still am networking is an ongoing process, but this year I would be more intentional about encouraging women just to follow my journey. Um, so it can be very easy to say like, Hey, work with me. But if you don't know who I am, that can be a hard thing to just jump into. But more importantly, this is literally a journey. Like I said, I started thinking about the concept of the Queen God in like 2014 and probably really earlier than that. And what is 2019 now? And it, it's the, it literally evolved into the Queen God from what I was calling the circle of queens and had a slightly different agenda, so to speak. And so I really just encourage women to like, Um, just follow my journey and jump in whenever they see fit. Um, The easiest way to do that is to follow me on Instagram. 
um, at the Queen God. Real simple, just at the Queen God. Um, that's where I will put most of my content. Um, so that's probably going to be where you get the most engagement from me, but also where you can um, kind of like get to know me better and get to know my work better um, at your leisure. So when it's ever, whenever it's convenient for you. Um, and then if you want to have like more of an active role um, in supporting me or kind of figuring out what I do, um, you can follow me or you can go to my website <laughs> um, at thequeenguidecoaching.com. Um, and that explains all the services that I have, it explains a little bit about my background, um, has some really great resources. Um, yeah. So those are the main two ways. Um, I've tried to keep it. I'm also on, on Facebook. I have a Facebook group called the queen guide. Um, but right now Instagram is my baby. So Instagram. Instagram. Hi. Instagram. I don't know what it is. I know. <laughs> I don't know yeah, what it is. Know. I'm like a straightforward, like, what is the problem? How do we fix it type person? And I think Instagram appeals to that part of me in that it's very concise. Like, mm. picture, statement, you know, click here, go there. It's very, like, it streamlines, it streamlines just so much information. Um, and I just appreciate and love it so much for that. But yeah, I love Instagram. Okay, well, sis, before we get out of here, Kiana, is there anything that you want to share with the people? Any parting words? Um... Not that I can think of right now. I feel like I've talked a lot. Um, I just really want, um, yeah, more people to follow my journey. Um, anybody listen to, listening to this, please don't hesitate to go to my website, send me an email, um, send me a DM on Instagram. Just really connect with me. Let me know what you would like to see more from the Queen God. Um, let me know um, things that you like. Um, because I really want this to be literally for women of color, a place for them to feel safe, a place for them to feel heard, a place for them to heal, a place for them to really get the information that they need um, to create the life that they want, to have the life that they deserve, and just really be the, literally their best self. And not in a like, you know, I'm living my best life type self, but truly, genuinely best self, like fully actualized, at peace, content, just just really, really solid. So um, let me know how I can support you. Let me know what you like to see more of. Um, and yeah, just again, biggest thing, follow me on this journey. Um, help me make it what it needs to be. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I've been looking forward to this conversation. I'm looking forward to continuing following your journey. I have been. Thank you. Yes, this is so awesome. Well, guys, thank you for tuning in this week. I look forward to talking to you again next time. Take care. Thanks again for listening to today's episode. If you are in the Chicagoland area, we would love to have you join us at the Melanie Queen Awards on Saturday, April 13th. Tickets are sold on eventbrite.com. If you enjoy the Confessions of Melanie Queen podcast, please head over to iTunes and give us five stars and a review. I appreciate all of your love and support. I look forward to chatting with you next week.